pretty good. It's, uh, it's mm. gross. Nice. What flavor you got over there, Josh? Um, let's see, organic, just apples. Just apples? Yeah. I've got, you got? banana, cinnamon, and granola. Oh, you got the good one, huh? Mm. What do you got, Shane? Just organic bananas. It's bananas. heavenly. Mm. Heavenly. <laughs> yeah. Not bad. Wow. Oh, and then you got some on your chin or oh, there you oh, go. Okay. It's gone. Alright, great. Mm. <laughs> hey, uh, welcome into Facebook Live, everybody. Does the uh, does the sight of three grown men with bibs eating baby food look a little bit weird to you? Look a little ridiculous? <laughs> Let me tell you what else looks ridiculous. Christians who won't grow up. This is the deep end. The deep end podcast. Welcome to the deep end podcast brought to you by Waters Church in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. The deep end is where we go deeper in the scriptures to empower our walk with God. If you're watching on Facebook live, we're glad you joined us and we encourage you to be a part of the conversation in the comments below. If you're listening in on SoundCloud or your podcast app, be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's go live to Pastor Tim Hatch as we get started with today's podcast. This is The Deep End. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back into Facebook Live. We call this The Deep End. It's a Facebook Live moment. It's also... What do you got over there? It's uh, also... <laughs> this is your first time in the studio. We'll forgive you for that, Mr. Shane Parsons over there. <laughs> That's it. You can't watch on Facebook as you do it. You know that, right? You got to... I just threw the phone out in the trash. So we're All right. We're off to a wonderful start this morning. There you go. There you go. You'll buy a new one tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. The X is coming out. Yep. You need a new one. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, this is Facebook Live at Waters Church. We call it The Deep End. It's also a podcast if you're listening on your phone. And uh, if you aren't able to watch on Facebook Live all the time, well, we uh, invite you to get your phone out and do the podcast thing. It's very easy. Open the podcast app, search Waters Church The Deep End in the podcast app, and you can subscribe, and then automatically the episodes download straight to your phone, and you never have to worry about finding us again. It'll go straight to your phone. Technology is a wonderful thing. Um, my name is Tim, a pastor here at Waters Church, and joining me in the studio is, once again, Josh Portuguese Pereira. Hey, hola. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> next to him, if you don't know, notice who that guy is in the Brixton Supply hat, his name is Shane Parsons. Hello. He is our executive pastor, and he's, he's dynamite. That is a fantastic hat. Oh, thank wish. you. Very nice hat. Thank you, Brandon, for letting me borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to say that. We're going to lose after just, lunch. We're going you, to You could have left that out right there. <laughs> so we were uh, eating baby food. I don't know if you noticed to make a point, but it's going gonna, it's gonna, to become a point or illustration for a little, in a little bit for what we're talking about today. But we got to talk about a couple things that are happening here at Waters Church. This is kind of a big weekend, kind of a big week. We have talked about this for a year. Now, guys, last weekend was our one-year anniversary in this building. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Isn't that cool? That's unbelievable. Time flies. And one year and one week later, we are opening two new campuses. It feels like we just moved in here. It does. It does. <laughs> So uh, this is exciting. It's scary, and uh, we just can't wait. If you are in Milford or the Woonsocket, Rhode Island area, come on out this Sunday, ten thirty. Each service starts at ten thirty at those locations. We would love to have you as a guest uh, or part of our two new campuses uh, opening up 
this weekend. So October 1st is huge for us. I was thinking about this in the last 12 months, guys. Our church has um, tripled its seating capacity, uh, tripled the number of its locations, (laughs) and uh, doubled the size of its uh, preschool. Wow. Praise God. Yeah. That's awesome. In 12 months. That is unbelievable. That's amazing. Praise be to God. That's amazing. And in New England. In New England. England, yeah. Yeah. And we're just getting started. This is not the end. Dartmouth, Massachusetts, we are coming for you. (laughs) Someday. Uh, Let's try to get these first two open. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Then we'll go over there. We'll go over there. Get through this weekend. Dartmouth, Massachusetts, yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, so a couple things I want to let you know about if you come to our church or if you're just starting to come to our church. Baptism class is in two Saturdays, October 7th at 10 a.m. And if you haven't gotten baptized yet, that's the time to go to the class. This is the time to go to the class. It tells you what baptism is all about. And it helps you through the process. We record your video. And there's a lot of reasons why we ask you to record a video. Your story matters to God. It matters to people who hear it. And we want your story to be heard. And we want to celebrate what God has done in your life. I believe what God has done in your life is a miracle. The new birth is a miracle we can never get tired of. And your story, as much as you might be like, I don't want to be in front of a camera. I don't want anybody to see me. As much as you might resist that, I'm telling you, somebody needs to hear what God has done in you so that they can believe that God can do it in them. Amen. That's right. Uh, Second, Growth Trek is a a class that runs three consecutive weekends, and it tells you all about Waters Church, how to get involved, uh, what to do next once you start coming. And uh, that starts on Sunday, October 8th at 1130 a.m., And in two weekends, uh, Saturday night crowd, people, I told you it was in two weekends a week ago, but no, it's now still two weekends away. The Book of Ruth starts. Uh, We are doing a message series called The Book of Ruth. Uh, You're going to see a bumper uh, preview for that this weekend, but it's going to start in two weekends, and we are so excited to get that started. We're going to have invitation cards right on the way out of the... Yeah, all yeah. three campuses will have invitation right. cards for you to hand out to your friends and invite to the next weekend, which starts the Book of Ruth. And uh, I am so excited about that series. You are going to love the Book of Ruth. Uh, and then also we have a concert coming to Waters Church, North Attleboro, October eighth. Rend Collective. Woo! Yeah. So all of you Rend Collective fans, whoever you are. <laughs> Come on out and uh, get some tickets. How much are tickets? $25. $25 for a ticket. Now, Ren Collective, this is a big band, big, big, big Christian band. What so they, they say. Huge. Are they as big as Petra? <laughs> Who's Petra? <laughs> That's what everybody's saying right now. <laughs> well, in my day. Oh, boy. I'm getting old. <laughs> you know you're getting old when you start saying, well, in my day. I used to rock out to Petra. And, um, yeah, if you don't know who Petra is, well. You're missing out. Um, Ren Collective is, uh, I think they're an Irish band. Is this correct? I have no idea. I think somebody told me they're an Irish band. I think you might they're be right. Good. They're good. Are they good? I like them, yeah. So they're coming. And this is cool. We had Michael W. Smith a few months ago. And we had Tim Hawkins. We got all the big guys coming We got big guys. Woo! We got big. Woo! Big time. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. We're so big. No. <laughs> This is exactly the opposite of what yeah, I'm talking right. about today. Um, so it's really cool to have these concerts. Uh, and I know that a lot of you love Christian music out there. And so we want to give you an opportunity to enjoy some live at our church. Uh, we have got a tickets giveaway, too, with Ren Collective, October 8th. And it's going to be at this moment. It's going to be in the Facebook Live moment. So stay with us. 
because we're going to give you a chance in a few moments to win uh, how many? A four-pack. A four-pack. It's generous. Yeah. It's like a double date pack. Right. Or you and your two kids pack. Yeah. You know, you and your wife and your two kids or your husband and your two kids. So this, uh, this Facebook Live moment, we are doing a giveaway. And uh, be the eighth caller in the next. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you how to get those tickets in your hand in just a moment. And we're going to come right back after this in just a moment to get into the deep end. If you've got a Bible, open it up. First Corinthians chapter three. We'll be right back. Church on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course on our website at waterschurch.org. And now back to the deep end. All right, gone, baby, gone. That's the title. That's the title of the message. Gone, baby, gone. First Corinthians chapter three. Paul is going to unload on this very dysfunctional church in the first century in the city of Corinth. And we are going to look only at the first nine verses of the chapter. So we're going to get into this one uh, section at a time. Instead of reading the whole passage all at once, we will read it one section at a time and then discuss this. And so we are going to talk about what does it mean to stop being a baby Christian? What does it mean to be a grown-up Christian? And, you know, you guys probably have these ideas or you've heard ideas. And, and a lot of Christians have a lot of ideas as to what is a mature Christian? What does that look like? Yeah. What have you guys heard? What have you, you know, oh, said or heard taught or whatever? People that uh, memorize the Bible, you know, mm. holy holiness. I don't holy know, rollers. Man. Yeah, holy rollers. <laughs> holy <man>. rollers. <laughs> yeah. Kind of gives a bad connotation for me. Mature Christian. Yeah, mature Christian. Right. I'm a mature Christian of God. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul is uh, going to make no, he's going he's gonna to pull no punches here in the first three verses. If you look with me here on your screen here on the Facebook Live moment, it says, but I, brothers could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, mm. as infants in Christ. Thus, the baby food. Mm. <laughs> this is what babies eat. Actually, they eat milk first. And he says, you guys are infants in Christ. You got to love Paul's brashness. You know, I don't think anybody would want Paul to be their pastor. No. <laughs> <laughs> this guy would be like, you guys all stink. Grow up. <laughs> Let's close in prayer. Okay. <laughs> He's like, I couldn't address you as spiritual, but you're infants in Christ. I fed you milk, not solid food. Why? He says, for you were not ready for it. And even now, he says, you are not ready. And he says, you are still of the flesh. He basically just says, hey, look, you guys are a bunch of babies. And remember in the context of the previous chapter, chapter two, um, Paul has been talking about the fact that they are divisive. They are um, arguing about who's better than who. I follow Paul. I follow Apollos. I follow Peter. I follow Jesus. I follow this. Da, 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 da. They got all these divisions. And he says, "Look, guys, don't you realize that this is just this is just being a baby?" And um, and he makes a point here. He says there is such a thing as milk, and there is such a thing as solid food in Christ. Milk and solid food. Please notice the two divisions: milk and solid food. Milk, solid food. What? I almost, I, I almost made a mistake with this talk today. I almost made this mistake. I almost, when I was preparing to say what I'm about to say to you, said this, that there's a difference between being a shallow Christian and a deep Christian. Yep. I, I almost made the mistake of saying that because he doesn't say shallow and deep, does he? No. He says milk and solid food. 
And I only bring this up because there are a lot of people out there that talk about the deeper things of God. And, and this is like a buzzword. And, and the Bible, and I got news for all those people who are like, well, I really like, I really like the deeper things. I like the deep things of God. How come the pastor just talks so about the simple things? I like the deep things, deep, 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 deep. And what, <laughs> what it is, this is, <laughs> this is a buzzword. Deeper things of God. Please be on your guard. It's a buzzword for Christians acting like they're superior to other Christians. Amen. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. I get so ticked off at this stuff. Oh, the deep things. Well, you just you're still, you know, you're still in the shallow end of the pool. Come on over here to the deeper end. And I grew up with this kind of stuff and it kind of drives me nuts and hence the name of the deep end podcast. Yeah, the deep <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Look at us. You know, but we're thinking about this <clears throat> idea that you gotta go into the deeper things of God and and that if you're a new Christian, you can't you can't get there yet. You can't get into the deeper things of God. And here's what Paul says. That's not what I'm making. That's not the distinction I'm making. He's saying you are either an infant or you are a mature spiritual person. You are a spiritual person, a person who can handle solid food. And so how does he define that? The infants? He says three times, you are of the flesh. Sarkikos. Sarkikos is the Greek word for of the flesh. And that basically means that you act fleshly. You act like a human. You act like everybody else. Here's what an immature Christian is. An immature Christian is somebody who acts just like the world just like the non-Christians around them. And by that, I mean what Paul says here in verse 3. Check this out. Verse 3, for you are of the flesh, and this is the definition of being an immature baby in Christ. He says, for while there is jealousy and strife among you. Look at those two words. Jealousy, strife among you. Are you not of the flesh, behaving only in a human way? And then he goes on. He says, because some of you say I follow Paul. Some of you say I follow Apollos. Are you not merely being human? Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to see in this passage. He says, the signs of immaturity is not a lack of Bible knowledge. The signs of immaturity is not a lack of um, you know, degrees or uh, handling, you know, chapter and versing the scriptures. Going a, to seminary. Going to seminary, yeah. titles positions in the church, um, you know, and historically churches have been so awful with this uh, title and position nonsense, all about the title, all about the position. Uh, and he says, that's not, that's not what makes you mature. He says, your actions, your actions are what make you mature because the actions of the Corinthians are jealousy and strife, divisions, and what what happens? Where does jealousy come from? Jealousy comes from this idea that I deserve better, or I'm better than you, or why should you be blessed and me not be blessed? And so here's what we do as Christians: we act just like the world a lot of times, and we start to get envious of one another, and we start to get uh, awful toward each other, and treat each other like we're we're all about being superior over other people. And Paul says, "Don't you understand? This is just fleshly." Regular human beings do that. And if you're a Christian, you're not a regular human being. You are a supernatural child of the Amen. living God. That's right. Amen. And you need to grow up. You need to get over this stuff because your value and your personhood is not defined by uh, your title, your position, your Bible knowledge, how much you, uh, how many people you lead, the size of your ministry or the size of your company or whatever it is. So what we got to realize here is that the Corinthians were acting like babies and they were just playing this part of, 
the why me syndrome, the I, I wish I was better than you or whatever this is, just constant conflict between the Christians. And wherever you have a church filled with people vying for attention, position, power, prominence, whatever, you have strife, envy, jealousy, divisions. Yeah. And that's immature Christianity. It's like a bunch of, bunch of babies singing it. <laughs> or if you're old school. There you go. There you go. <laughs> old school. That's my jam. That's for you, Shane. Shane. <laughs> All right. My <laughs> so that's a great song. Uh, it's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. And that's a lot of Christians. This is my party, and I'll cry. This church should serve me. This church should do this. This church should be more like that. Or if you're millennial. I'm an inner DJ. I've told the church that. Oh, I've got this inner DJ dying to come out. Anyway, <laughs> here's how you win those Ren Collective tickets. Are you ready? Be the first person to comment in the Facebook comments and tell us who wrote this song. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's see. Let's see who gets it first. <laughs> okay, anyway. It's not your party, Christian. It's not your party. So please understand that Christian maturity is not measured in how much Bible you know, what position you have in the church. It is measured in two things. Two things. Loving God and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm. Friends, how do we keep missing that these are still the two greatest commandments? These have not been annulled. These have not been amended. These have not been wiped out. A mature Christian loves God and grows in loving their neighbor as they love themselves. Do we have an answer? What's the correct answer? Uh, okay, the correct answer is Leslie Gore. Oh. No? Nobody said that. Look what. All right. <laughs> nice. I got Brenda Lee. Oh, all right. Terry Manti said Leslie Gore. Yeah. There did. we go. Did she put it in right after I said that? Right after. And Craig Strzok is. <laughs> you win. You win. <laughs> Good job, guys. That's it. That's it. All right. We got we to gotta get back to the word here. We're acting like babies. <laughs> At the deep end, the deeper things of God. Uh, anyway. And, and, and what we have to realize is this, this is what Paul is just trying to emphasize here. We got to get back to the, the two greatest commandments, loving others, loving your neighbors. You love yourself. You love that baby food, don't you? Uh, the gospel shapes us into grown children by teaching us several important truths. And please, under, please get these into your heart. The gospel teaches you that you did nothing to be accepted by God. Amen. And in the economy of salvation, this is so important. It's almost going to sound like, if, and if this sounds hard for you to hear, then God has to do a work in your heart. Uh, in the economy of salvation, Christians, the only thing that you brought to the table was your sin. That's all you brought. You didn't bring righteousness because it's dead works. It's filthy rags, as, I say, as, as, as Isaiah says. You didn't bring a great record of righteousness. You did not bring anything that you can boast about. You did not bring your knowledge and insight, because the Bible even says this, men do not seek God. Men, No one seeks God. And this, I have to tell this to Christians all the time. No, you did not seek God. He sought you. 
He came after you. Right. He is the seeker. You are the one who is found. Yeah. <laughs> you are found. You were lost. It's like uh, Christianese. I found Jesus. No, you didn't. <laughs> he found you. And you say, well, why do you keep hammering this, Pastor? Because it's so important to who you are. I am found by God. He came down and rescued me. He saved me from the worst part of me. Me. He saved me from what I could not save myself from. That's what the gospel teaches us. And you did nothing to earn it because there's no boasting in heaven. It is not of works that no man can boast. It is the gift of God by grace. And so important. So this is the gospel. This is how the gospel comes to your life. This is how you become a Christian. And uh, you realize that you are adopted into his family. You are a child of God. You are accepted by him. You are valued by God. You are valued by God. You are worth the blood of his son. And then you don't need no, you need no longer to measure yourself um, by what you have accomplished, what you have gained, who you think you are in the eyes of others. You don't need to measure yourself against other Christians. You don't need to live like inferior to other people who you think are better than you, gifted than you, more successful than you. You there is nothing about you that can make you more or less valuable to God. And this is the beauty of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel teaches us to root ourselves in his, his work in our lives. And the only way you grow up is when you get that. <clears throat> the only way you grow up is when you realize that you don't have to prove yourself anymore. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be super Christian. You can be um, a, ch a loved child of God who will still make mistakes, who will still wrestle with things in their lives, who will still have problems, issues, hangups. Amen. Come you know, and, and the Lord is still working on you because guess what? He became to you when he adopted you. He became your father. He became your father, and he's committed to his children, just like I am committed to my children, just like Shane, you were committed to your son. Right. Still, still committed. Yeah. <laughs> I say you were because yeah. he's fully grown now. Yeah. But I mean, I'm committed to my kids and not, nothing they do doesn't make them my kid. And they didn't make themselves my kid. I made them my kid. Well, me and my wife made them our, our kid. And that's for another talk. But uh, <laughs> that's not for this talk. But they Join us next week. <laughs> yeah. They became our kids because of our decision. You became God's kid because of his decision. You became his child by his choice. We are wow. chosen. Amen. And I always think about that wonderful story that Steve Jobs shares in his um, biography right before, that was written by Walter Isaacson right before he died. And, and it was a story of how he learned that he was adopted. And uh, he was playing with a young girl across the street, and, and um, she said to him, oh, that means that your parents didn't want you. And he, like, bawled his eyes out. This is, you know, he's a young kid. And he bawled his eyes out, and he ran across the street, ran into his house, went to his mom and dad and said, is it true, is it true, is it true, is it, is it true that I'm adopted only because my parents didn't want me? And they said, no, you don't understand. We chose you. We chose you. You being adopted means we saw you and we wanted you and we chose you. And Steve Jobs talks about in that biography, he says, coming to know that I was chosen changed everything. Wow. It is why he said, I felt like my life was destined for something great. It's why he said, I felt like my life had to do something enormous. And I would just think about this. Christians, pay attention. If you could just get this in your spirit through the Holy Spirit to know that God wanted you and chose you and selected you and 
because of that, you are, you are set up to do great things, big things, larger things than yourself. Stop having an inferiority complex because of what everybody else is doing with their lives and realize who you are in God, a chosen precious child of God and great things are in store for you because God is committed to his children. This is how we get away from jealousy. This is how we get away from strife. This is how we get away from child, childish Christianity. This is how we do get deeply rooted. I would say it that way to justify the name of this podcast, The Deep End. <laughs> this is how we get deeply rooted in Christ. But these Christians, they got to prove themselves. I just see it all the time, too. Even on our Facebook comments sometimes, I see people like little, little comments kind of correcting us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, oh, yeah. oh, correcting. Here, let me give you a little correction. <laughs> you're, you're behind your screen right now typing, crick, crack, crack. Oh, he said it, but he didn't say it right. Let me say it right so that I look better than you. That's really what you're doing. I mean, that might be happening right now. Not yet. No, not yet. Okay, not, <laughs> not this yet. time. They know better. All the trolls are gone. The trolls. I, that's right. That's what they are. The trolls. Because what? What is it about you that you feel like you have to be, you know, better than us, better than other Christians? And I'm not saying we're better than you. I'm not. I, you could be better than me. I don't care. Go ahead. Be better than me. <laughs> my point, though, is that when you when you have to have the superiority complex of, is my job to correct you? And oh, 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 yeah, pastor said one thing, but let me tell you really what. And I've had people in this church do that. It drives me nuts, by the way. They, they, they take people aside and say, well, pastor says that, but let me tell you the deeper things. But I was like, man, just, I want to punch you in the face after you say that. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, and, and, and you troll people on Facebook or whatever you do, and it's like, grow up get out of your uh, get out of your house get, you know get out of your office go and serve somebody bless somebody be somebody else's um be to live for the benefit of somebody else and stop trying to justify your existence by how much you know and how much smarter or more spiritual you are than everybody else this was the corinthian problem they were divisive toward each other I follow Paul, I follow Paul, because they were trying to show they mattered because of who they followed. And that's just never the case. You matter because of who God is in your life. You matter because of what God has done in your life. Get over yourself. It's not your party. Thank you, Leslie. Okay. So going on, verse five. What then is Apollos? And Paul's going to like kind of unpack this for them. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants, servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. These people that you are making like your, your I Chi, your, your, your valuation, these are just servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. And he says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. So real quickly, unpacking, what does Paul say? And then we're done here in these, in these five verses. First, he says, we are servants. Christian, you are a servant. You are a servant of the Most High God. And that's all you are. And this is a very freeing concept. Um, what is a pastor? A pastor is a servant. My job is to serve you the Word of God. My job is to bless you in the teaching of the Word and my value is not based on you thinking I'm all that. My value is based on what Christ did for me at the cross 2,000 years ago. Amen. And now because I am free from having to prove myself to you, I can serve you. Yeah. 
That's what God has been trying to teach his people since way back in Exodus. Now, this is so cool. This is so cool because when Paul says we are servants, the word here for servant is diakonai, diakonai. See, I am deep. I am deep. I have the Greek. (laughs) But no, I only bring that up because it's a term. It's a Greek term that originally referred to table waiters at a restaurant or at a, like at a marketplace. So he basically says, we are, we're waiters. (laughs) I've been a waiter, by the way. And, uh, you know, waitering. Really? Where did you wait? I had a couple of restaurants in, uh, in college during my college years, I was a waiter. I was, and, uh, you know, actually being a waiter, uh, helped train me to be a preacher. Oh, well, because I had to memorize like six, um, Oh, specials? Uh, specials. Yeah, I can't even remember what they. Are. <laughs> <laughs> I had to memorize something. Good job, um, there. Yeah, <laughs> the chapter is closed. But I used to have to measure, memorize like six complicated specials, and then I would have to go to every table, smile, present myself, stand upright, and act like I knew what I was talking about, even when I sometimes didn't even know what I was talking about. I said, "Oh, it's a chiffon sauce covered in you know holidays," and da 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 da, and and then field questions, and I had to study the menu like that. So anyway. I couldn't couldn't read it. I had to say it from memory. And so now I say a lot of my messages from memory, I think due in large part because of the training that I got as a waiter. That's awesome. That's which awesome. is a which is another like little lesson, side lesson since we're bringing it up is whatever you're doing right now, do it with all your heart. The Bible tells us because what's happening right now is God is training you for later things. Amen. And I think about that. If God trained me as a waiter to be a preacher, he can train you to do as you dig ditches to, you know, uh, do greater things one day in your life. Whatever he, is, whatever he has prepared for you right now, he is preparing you in to do it. And I love that about God. But anyway, Paul says we were waiters. We were, um, we were table servers. Now, this is, this is why this is cool. Because in the ancient world, nations in the ancient world would have temples for their gods. And in their temple, you would walk into their temple and you would see a statue of their god. And their god would be sitting on a throne, Right? And the sign that your God was powerful was that you had this temple and this God and the throne sitting on the throne. Your God was powerful. Now, in ancient Israel, this is so cool. In ancient Israel, if you read how God tells the people of God, the people of Israel, to set up their temple, he says, yeah, you're going to have a temple. But in the temple, you're not going to have a statue because there's no images. You're not going to have an idol because there's no graven images of even myself, God says. Here's what you're going to have. You're um, going to have dishes, forks, utensils, cups, and serving things. <laughs> this is interesting. This is ancient Israel in the tabernacle. Yeah. Ancient Israel was the only nation among the ancient nations that did not have a statue to their God in their temple. What they had were serving utensils. The spiritual principle being embedded into the life of Israel is when you come close to God, you serve. Wow. The closer you get to God, the more you serve. And so... This is a very interesting part in the Bible, too. In Daniel chapter 5, uh, Israel has been conquered by her enemies because they ignored God, and they started to worship like the other uh, the gods of other nations. Anyway, they go off to Babylon, and in Babylon, a guy comes to the throne of Babylon. His name is Belshazzar. And in chapter 5 of Daniel, Belshazzar is getting drunk with his, with his girlfriends or whatever, and he's having a party. And he says to his associates, he says, hey, go get all the utensils from the temple in Jerusalem. And bring them in here. We'll drink from them. We'll eat from them. And he goes and he gets them to kind of like diss Israel um, and, their, and their God by eating from the utensils. He couldn't go and get a statue and, and, and put the statue on display to say, see, I conquered Israel's God. He only could go and get the utensils, the serving utensils. <laughs> wow. And it's like, this is what God has been saying to his people Israel and 
also to his new covenant people, the church, you want to be close to me, get in the business of serving other people. Because we have we serve a God who has served us in Christ Jesus. Wow. And that's what you have to understand. This is Christian maturity, friend. Christian maturity is getting yourself out of yourself and serving somebody else and loving somebody else and doing something for the benefit of somebody else, not yourself. It is completely counter to American culture. It is completely counter to social media madness culture. It is completely counter to everything you are taught from birth about living for yourself and carpe diem and have your, you know, be who you are meant to be and all it's about you and have it your way. It's completely counter to everything else you hear. And the reason why is because it's from God. It's counter to everything else because it's from God. So number two, he says, not only are we a servant, not only are, not only are we servants, and this is important, we are assigned. He says, as the Lord assigned to each. So Christian, you are, an, you are on assignment. And this eliminates the, the church competition syndrome. I mean, we've had people in our church, they, they, they walk out the door because they don't get the titles that they want. Yeah. Oh, I want to be a deacon. I want to be an elder. I want to, man, I'll tell you, the, the, the worst thing that you can say to me in church is, <laughs> uh, when can I preach? <laughs> and I'll say, when can you sweep? I mean, seriously, when can yeah. you serve? Can you do something with nobody paying attention to you? Because right. true, true leaders are servants. And if you're not ready to serve, you're, you're not ready to be a true leader. Amen. And, uh, and, and so this church competition and pastors get this too. Um, we're all about like having big churches or having large amounts of people come and hear us speak. And it's like, you've lost sight. You've lost sight. You are assigned to what God has assigned you to. And if you root yourself in that, it will empower you to be free from having to feel like you have to put on airs, you have to have the superiority complex or whatever. And let me just say something that's a little bit like controversial in the church world, but it shouldn't be. Joel Osteen. Mm. I am sick and tired mm. of these Christians who tear this man down. Here we go. I'll tell you. Stop it. Grow up. Ridiculous. Why do you have to tear him down? Do you know him? Have you met him? <laughs> have you ever talked to him? Have you gone to his church more than once? I mean, do you know what they're doing at their church? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. And, and I only it's take judging, this on. man, just judging. Yeah, me. I only take this on because I see it on social media all the time. All the time. And you know who's doing it? Pastors are doing it. Pastors. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you know that Jesus once said to his disciples, whoever is not against us is for us. Amen. Think about how he said that. Whoever is not against us is for us. Now, last time I checked, I don't see Joel Osteen worshiping Satan. Nope. <laughs> I don't see Joel Osteen uh, tearing any other pastor down. I've, you know, I've never heard that man say anything bad about any other pastor ever, ever. And he gets hated on by countless pastors. And I, I you know, just, just to be honest with you, like I've, I saw this a couple of years ago, two pastors that I used to love to listen to and from the pulpit, they would tear this guy down. And I'm not telling you their names because that would put me in the same position that they were doing. But look, they would tear this guy down in the pulpit of their church and they had really large churches and great ministries and they had a great gift. But they would tear Joel Osteen down. And both of those guys have had huge moral failures in the last three years. Both of them. And Joel Osteen is still preaching and teaching. How many years now has his ministry been going on? Since 1999, I think, since his father died. Yeah, he took it from his dad. But I'm just saying, man, if you don't know people personally, man, and even if you do, 
Stop beating up Amen. your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. So what if they don't preach like you? So what if they aren't the kind of church you would go to? So what if he's, I don't know, what, what do you want to say? He's too nice. <laughs> he's got great teeth. He's got great teeth. He's so well-dressed. I mean, I love, I thank God for Joel Osteen. There's a lot of people that come to our church because of Joel Osteen. You know what's interesting? I know people who actually are not Christians that go to the Catholic church that they'll watch him because of yeah. his presentation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's so, easy to listen to. He's he easy. He is. He's easy to listen to. Stop beating him up. <laughs> you don't need to prove that you're important by beating up somebody that you don't know. Amen. In Jesus' name. You're assigned. Anyway, that's a, big of a, that's a bit of a tangent, but I just had to say it. Preach. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> Number three, he says, we play one part of God's great work. And that's what you do, Christian. You are playing a part. The people that you work with are your part. The people that you are in, um, in, in, who are in your family, they are your assignment and that's your part to play. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So what happened in Corinth was Paul came and started the church and then there was this guy named Apollos who was a very gifted communicator. And he uh, was you know, one of these guys that just wowed people with the way that he presented the word. And so... Um, what happened was because people follow charisma and don't check character sometimes, they would just like say, oh, who's Paul? Paul's a nobody. Now we're just all about Apollos. And Paul says, you guys are not seeing this the way you need to see it. Apollos is, Apollos is great. Thank God for Apollos. But remember, he's a servant. He's assigned. As am I, a servant. I'm assigned. We have a question. Uh, if you thought there was a pastor who was misleading others, would you say something? I'm assuming this is no. still in reference to Joel. No, Spirit. I wouldn't say it. If that person is in my church misleading the people that God has assigned to me, I would say it. Yes. But you know what? You're going to, you're going to, again, you're going to watch TV. I'm not going to stop you from watching TV. You're going to see, um, you know, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. There's no doubt about it. Jesus told us to be on our guard about this. John uh, says that too. Um, and Jesus says, by, your, by their fruits, you shall know them and all that stuff. But my assignment is Waters Church, North Attleboro. Amen. Okay. Amen. My, my assignment is not... Um, uh, any other church in this in this uh, in this country? This is what God has saw fit to put to put in my charge. I'm accountable there. So uh, you know, it's hard for me. I, <laughs> I would never want to do this either. I'm not. I'm not going to sit there and monitor everything everybody hears at our church. I just can't do it. That would drive me insane. But when we start to see, look, um, if we hear that somebody in our church has been in gross, negligent spiritual rebellion or sin. And then we hear that they are in that lifestyle because they heard some preacher say this on TV that it was okay, which I can't even imagine if that, if that happened. But no. anyway, then I would address that absolutely to that person. But I'm not going to sit here in the pulpit of our church and bring up names that have no bearing on the vast majority of people in our church because, number one, I don't need to. We, we aren't here to talk about other preachers. We're here to talk about Jesus. Right. Amen. And Amen. secondly... Um, I'm a big fan of focus on what's true, right? Paul says this in Philippians 4. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is a good report, fix your mind on these things. So stop worrying about the people that are false and all that stuff. You don't need to be the, the spiritual policeman, the, spirit, the, the supernatural CIA, smoking them out. You know, let me go smoke out all those false teachers. Most, and if there's, a, if there's another pastor watching this, I hope this helps you. But this is what I would say, and I, I've said this to many of my pastor friends. You bringing them up, whoever you need to bring up in the church, actually gives them more audience to the people who are in your church. So if you're worried about a preacher, don't say it in front of everybody. Yeah. People use the platform <laughs> for the true. wrong reasons. Yeah. Use the platform to talk about Jesus, how beautiful Amen. he is, how right. wonderful he is, how glorious he is, how excellent his name is. 
so that people are rooted in Jesus, not in who do I avoid so that I feel like I'm safe. <laughs> you are, again, we talked about this last time we were together, you are a sheep in the, in the sheepfold of your great shepherd, and he has you in the palm of his hand, and he will never lose you. And, you will, and, and I love that in John 10, Jesus says, they'll never, my sheep will never follow the voice of a stranger. He says that about us. So you might wander a little bit, but your father is going to send your shepherd to come and get you and just whack you back onto the track and make you you come on back into the sheepfold. Anyway, any other questions? That's it. All right, cool. Great question. Thank you. I love questions. I love them. Bring it on. All right. uh, We are assigned. We play one part. So play your part. Don't worry about the part that other people are playing. Please don't do that. Please worry about your part. Um, And God will bless you. Right. So number four is we are accountable for our part. And this is what he says. Each verse eight, each will receive his wages according to his labor. This is how we get over church competition. This is how we get over divisiveness and jealousies and factions and all this stuff. You are not accountable for what other Christians are called to do. You are accountable for what God has called you to do. Say it again. Oh, amen. Come on. (laughs) Somebody needs to hear that today. man. You are not accountable. No, you weren't. You're not accountable for what I've got to do. Right. I'm accountable for what I got to do. Yeah. Paul, Paul, Paul is saying that about himself here. And I'm going to receive the wages for my work that God wants me to do. And I don't have to worry about your work. I, th- I can thank God for your work. I can pray for your work to succeed. I want your work in the kingdom, whatever God has you to do to succeed. Small group leaders listening to me. Don't worry about how big your small group is compared to somebody else. Okay. Don't worry about how well the other small group is getting along compared to yours. You might be called to those difficult relationships. Yeah. You might be called to those difficult people. I know there's somebody listening to me right now, and your, <laughs> your response to that is, why does God assign all the difficult people to me? <laughs> Obviously, he thinks you can handle it. He thinks you can handle it. So do it well to the glory of God. My, my Bible tells me whatever my hand finds for me to do, do it with all my heart. Amen. I don't have to worry about doing your job. I got to do my job. Mm-hmm. In the words of Bill Belichick, do your <laughs> job. job. <laughs> at, my, at my barber's, I saw a guy was walking around with, the, with the, 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 the Patriots. The old Patriots hat was over here hanging on these words and says, um, job done. <laughs> I love that. You know, we won the Super Bowl. Job done. <laughs> Go Patriots. Uh, anyway, uh, number five, he says this. Um, it's all about God. Okay, so number five, you got to remember this. It's all from God. It's for God. It's about God. Verse nine, we are God's workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And if you can get this into your spirit, it's about God. It's not about you. It's not your party. It's not about the size of your audience. It's not about the size of your business. It's, Lord, thank you for entrusting me with this opportunity. Now, that being said, I don't want to give excuse here to be lazy as a Christian and not reach for greater things and not try to grow your business or grow your life or do greater things than you've ever done before. I'm not trying to say to you, hey, listen, just take it easy. No, you should do all that you can. Run your race. Run with perseverance. Run with a heart sold out to, to uh, accomplish great and mighty things to the glory of the name of Jesus. But ultimately, can I ask you this question, church? Can I ask you this question? Are you doing what you're doing to help people grow? Because mm. that's really what it's all about. Um, you know, a little inside, insight into my life. You know, the, 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 the pressure on a pastor sometimes is, will this, will this sermon, will this message sound great? Will this message be clever? Will this message be uh, thought inspirational? And those questions are all nonsense. 
Because the only question that matters about my preaching is this, have I helped somebody? Am I helping somebody know Christ? Am I helping somebody get through that storm of life? Am I helping somebody love God and love their neighbor? And ultimately, that's what you got to ask about what you do in, in your field, whatever God has for you to do. So, that, you know, this is why, by the way, we have our two studio members here, Josh and Shane. I can't think of two guys in my life that I've seen that model servant leadership in this church better than you guys. I just, you know, a lot of uh, everybody on staff does this, but you guys have uh, modeled this for so long. And I just want to kind of like, you know, talk about that. Shane, you started with us. You got hired because you just served your brains out. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was because I annoyed you. <laughs> yeah, you did annoy me. You annoyed me because you called me That's like all the time, me. man. All the time you were calling me. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I was like, I don't know. Do something. <laughs> and you did something. You just kept doing. Like you started the uh, soup kitchen at our very small church building like ten years ago now, and you just serve people. And I just saw. And here's a mistake that a lot of pastors make is they go and they get another pastor to be a co-pastor with them or an associate pastor. And I was like, I'm not making that mistake. <laughs> I don't want some guy in here who wants to preach all the time. <laughs> give, me, give me somebody who wants to serve and wants to model that. And I think, man, you have modeled that for so many years. You are, you are a true servant heart, and uh, we thank God for you. Amen. Thanks. What thank have you got you. to say about that? Well, like serving. Serving is, uh, when I first started serving, uh, um, oh, I mean, I mean, oh, actually, can I tell you, can I ask you to talk about how, how it was that you actually came, like you started to take this church seriously? Because you would come, but you wouldn't take it seriously for a while. And then what happened? Josh was born. Not me, by the way. Not this Josh. Your Josh. <laughs> your son was born. And what did you tell me? Just a couple of weeks ago, you were telling me this. Do you remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> Let, me tell you. Let me tell you what you tell told me, me. Tell me my story. That people came and brought you food. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah so we, were in Norwood, we were in Norwood and, uh, uh, before you know, North Honorable even started. So Josh was born, and we came home with Josh, and uh, all of a sudden people started showing up from Norwood, uh, bringing us meals every day. Uh, they were doing my laundry. Uh, these ladies just came up, started just cleaning our house, yeah. and I was just blown away. And I said you know, to Marianne, like, we gotta, we got to pay it back. Like, so we started making meals for people in Norwood, and you know, then... That's how that's how it started. I just could not believe that someone that I didn't really know yeah. cared about me that much yeah. to drive from Norwood to East Providence, Rhode Island, yeah. and do my laundry. Yes. It was incredible. Mind-blowing. And, and that's the lesson, Christians. This is how we grow up. Because I think about it. You are sitting here right now. You are sitting here right now. Because, and I don't even know who they are. Somebody drove 45 minutes to your house and did your laundry. Yeah. Exactly and how many was. people have you served because they served you? See, this is, the, this is the glory of the kingdom. You never know what that act of serving, what that act of laying down your time, treasure, talents for somebody else's benefit will, will multiply into. And their reward, your, your work is their reward in heaven. And it's an amazing thing. Yeah. Just a quick one. Uh, somebody said, I want to serve here. Not sure where I'd best fit in. That's why we have our Next Step Center. Go check it out in the mm -hmm. lobby this weekend. Get you plugged in. And that's why we have Growth Track. Yeah. Growth Track is where you learn. So you got to go to those Growth Track classes, sure. week one, two, and three. And I think week three is where you find out how, what place you can serve in this church. Yeah. And, and, and just be open. To, I would say to that person spe uh, specifically, just be open to anything. 
Like, don't wait for, well, I want to teach a class, you know. Well, we're going to have you do parking for five weeks. I mean, <laughs> sure. can you park cars to the glory of Jesus? You know, the Bible tells church leaders to test the spirits. Amen. Test the spirits of those who want to serve as deacons. Let them be tested first and then let them serve. So this is not, we're not doing this because we want to be like this real weird kind of like hierarchy church. No, we're doing this because the scriptures teach us to do this. Yeah. We, we tell, what I love about um, our, our band, Josh, and you do this very well, our band, one week you'll see our singer up on stage, another week they'll be shoveling the driveway on a snowstorm. Yeah. Another week they'll be at the Next Step Center helping people connect. Another week they'll be at the cafe, whatever, greeting at the doors. I love that about our church. And I remember the, I think it was your second week here on yep. staff. There was a huge blizzard. I remember. And I drove up to the church. You were like 30 minutes away from getting up there and leading us in worship, and you were shoveling three feet of snow off of the <laughs> entranceway. I forgot about that. No, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> no. Man, we notice that. God notices that, and we empower that, and that's what we say. Man, that's going to be somebody who serves. That's going to be somebody who leads here because nothing is beneath them. And you say, Pastor Tim, why are you always hammering this? You're so on this all the time. I hear so because this is what Jesus did. Uh, one last passage, then we're all, then we're done. John 13. What does Jesus? What does it say? This is this is the Last Supper. This is right before he's arrested. Now, before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that the hour had come to depart out of this world, that's the cross, and go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper. And check this word out, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things, again, his value was what the Father had done for him. His value was not in what he could be praised for, what the Father had done for him. Just like you, Christian, uh, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, just like you, Christian, Okay, this is what releases us to serve others. We don't get our value from praise and accomplishments. We get our value from God. He rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments. He took a towel, tied it around his waist, and poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And no, don't miss it. He did that for Judas Iscariot. Wow. Hmm. He did that for his enemy. He did, I mean, man, you think that just blows me away. This is the Savior we serve. This is why it's so imperative that we get over our little idiosyncrasies, our little nonsense, our little competitions, our jealousies and strifes, and why not me, and it's my party, and all this stuff. Get over it and serve somebody because that's what Jesus did right before he bore the sin of the world on his back at the cross 2,000 years ago. I heard a great story um, from somebody in our church on Monday night. It was a really cool testimony, and this guy... I'm not going to say his name because I'm sure he wouldn't want me to give any kind of like praise to him um, for this. But he was saying that he had come to our church for like several years and did nothing, gave nothing, served nowhere, just attended. And uh, I was in my younger days back then and I was preaching and I said, I guess he said to me, he said, uh, pastor one day got up there in the, in the pulpit and said, hey, if you're just coming here and taking and not giving and not serving, just go somewhere else because we need that seat for somebody else. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I did say that. I did. I thought he, he said that. He did. And I'm like, man, I got to get back to some of that preaching. That's good preaching right there. <laughs> if you're just taken from the body, and there's a lot of people in churches all across America, and all you do is take, 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 and you never give back. You know, it does cost money to do what we're doing right now. It does cost money to open the building for you. It does cost a lot of people, a lot of time, a lot of effort to help you have a great church experience. Have you given back yet? 
Have you are are you a are you a American capitalist and a Christian socialist? <laughs> and what I mean by that is in, in America you're like yes, work for it, earn for it, give back, contribute. But in the but in the church you're like no, I'll take whatever people give me because I want a handout. That's that's a Christian socialist. And that's nonsense. Give back, serve, do something. And I I know that when I say this kind of stuff, all the people who are already serving are to serve more. <laughs> I want to talk to the people who are not serving. Get involved, serve, do something. That, that blesses somebody else out. So anyway, I said that to him. I said that not to him, but to, in, in the pulpit. I said, if you're not giving and not serving, just go to another church because we need your seat for somebody else. And he said, and a lot of people got offended when I said that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. they left. But, yeah. he, <laughs> but he started serving. He's now one of our best uh, children's ministry leaders Yeah, to right now. He's and fantastic. He, and he does it for free. And he runs a great business outside of this church, yep. a thriving business. And... This and, is he a, get, and he gives back via his business too yeah. with the, the services that yeah. he provides. Yeah. Yeah. He's done a lot of it. And so this guy is just taken and now um, he's just leveled up, leveled up. And that, my friends, that is getting deeper. That is <laughs> growing in Christ. Yeah. That is maturity. And I hope you take those steps as well. Here's a question. Any couple, questions? A couple of questions here. Uh, will there be growth track meetings in Woonsocket? Yes. Yes, there will. Yes, there will be. There will not be right this now. week. Not this week, no. But there will be soon. Not sure. next week, yes. Second Very question. Uh, would you suggest we go to growth track if we have been at the church for a while and currently serving? No, I don't think so. If you're current, currently serving, I don't think you need to go. No, growth track, I think, is, is just learning about mm -hmm, how to yeah. do what you're already doing. Mm -hmm. Especially that person. She's yeah. all over the place. She serves everywhere. Oh, it's it. Just keep doing what you're doing. April, yeah. keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I said. That's what I just said. All the people who serve already are right. going to serve more. I, I don't everybody. want that. I don't yeah. want If you're serving already, thank you. Yep. Please, please, please don't think now I'm guilt tripping you into serving more. I'm asking the people who are not, get involved. Another question? No. <laughs> Somebody said, Barber, I thought you quit going. <laughs> Barber? Yeah, no. I, no. No idea. Heck no. Nope. You think it's easy to look this good? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the extra care package. <laughs> Look at this. He's got beard, the gold back. Beard. Anyway. It's getting long, man. It's getting long. I'm going to grow it out until December for everybody wondering. I'll grow it out until December 24th. Then we should shave half Shave it, it on off. Christmas Eve. Yeah, but you look like a guest speaker by then. <laughs> guest speaker. On Christmas Eve. If you shave at Christmas Eve, they won't even know who you are. No, no. I'll shave it after. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you'll know who I am. <laughs> New Year? New Who's this guy? No, no. <laughs> Yeah. No, I actually like it. Keeps like I've noticed as the weather's getting cooler. Actually, it's not getting cooler now, right now, but a couple of weeks ago it was getting cooler. It's like a it's like a functional scarf, full time down there. Yeah. All right, we yeah. we have we any have derailed. Questions? Any questions? We have derailed. Any My any wife is going to kill me for that segment. She's like, "Stop talking about your beard." <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, we're so glad that you joined us for <laughs> Facebook Live and the Deep End Podcast. We hope to see you next time. Woo. This was the Deep End. Thanks for joining us for this week's Deep End Podcast. We pray that you continue to grow in your faith and that you would serve and support your local church. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us this weekend at Waters Church. We are located at 57 John Deep Square in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. And you can join us every Saturday at 4 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Make sure to stay tuned in for next week's episode of The Deep End Podcast.